This is the Acting Up Podcast with your host, Allie Goodman. Goodman podcast, a backstage pass to the life of a professional working actor and mom raising a kid with special needs. And this week, I have brought back my husband, John Walter, uh, to have a nice little chat with us today. And I say a nice little chat because uh, we're going we're gonna to hit some heavy subjects today. Uh, wasn't exactly on the menu. This seems to be coming up for me as situations arise in the moment, uh, they often will change the trajectory of what I plan to do for the podcast episode. And in this case, I kind of think it's okay because, well, one, I'm glad that you're here to talk to us, John. But two, uh, this is an this is an area of conversation that needs to be happening in our country, but also needs to be happening with parents in general, specifically with parents of kids with special needs. So I want to have this conversation. I think it's an important conversation to have, and let's dive in to this conversation. I am going to issue a trigger warning. We are going to be talking about mass shootings, school shootings, and such. So if that's not for you and you're not okay with hearing about that or talking about it and the processes through that, you might want to skip this episode. But I encourage you not to because I think what we're going to talk about is going to be important. So Welcome, John. Thanks for coming back onto the podcast for the third time. You're like a recurring character. Yeah, well, thank you for allowing me into the house while you record. Oh, yay. I know. Usually you're off uh, taking the baby and running running errands and doing stuff yeah, for me. So, so thank uh, you for that. So, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be an interesting thing to not be like just the silly, fun idiot that I normally get to be on podcasts because... They'll be, they'll be able to see the flip side of me, the humorless, angry person that you end up having to rein in. Right. Yeah, and that happens. It does. Uh, if you follow John at all on Twitter, John's at... Uh, at Which I guess flips that. I guess is actually a pretty good... Uh, yeah. You can pretty much see it there. Too. John, he's at Hitler Puncher on Twitter. That's usually... That's John's preferred method of social mediaing, media-ing. And, uh, and really my preferred method of interacting with humanity at yeah, all. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, if I could just be on Twitter... That would probably be better for our marriage. Yeah, I don't know though. You're not as good as is me. <laughs> All right, I am joking a little bit today. Just okay. a little. I, well, uh, we have to. Bring, this is this is we're bringing him up so we can really bring, bring him down. down. Right? Uh, yeah, you got to bring you gotta infuse some humor you in there. Get up to get down. Got to get. Thank you, Doctor Phil. So, that is not an actual Doctor Phil thing. That is a joke that my old coworker used to make about Doctor Phil. But it's funny. But it is funny. It is very funny. But I, I'm saying without context, it's less funny. <laughs> John, the star of all things comedy and humor. Until we talk about something political, then it is a whole angry angry dad. You come out as angry dad. Get off my lawn. Yeah. So get those political signs off my lawn. (laughs) So let's chat then about this uh, situation. So here's what happened. We've had three. Very intense mass shootings recently in our Fairly nation. Fairly rapid succession. Yeah, within a couple of days. We had Gilroy, Dayton, and El Paso. El Paso. And all three of those. And then, weirdly enough... Thank you for getting the town correct. Oh, yeah, unlike I know. Unlike certain, unlike certain people in our running our country. Uh, certain people's speechwriters, since it was read off a teleprompter, so which means it's not even the, the senile ravings of that madman. It's also... <laughs> Yeah, it's the speechwriters, or done on purpose. Who no, knows? Well, they don't care. Yeah, no, I don't well, think. Exactly. I don't think. I don't think that's actually done on purpose. I think they literally don't. They care. just don't care. Yeah. Well, thoughts and prayers. So, the my point is that uh, this all came about, and still, as hard as all of this is, and then of course there was that there was actually a shooting in Chicago yeah. recently. We were Chicago yeah. based, obviously, and. It, uh, I don't know that it resulted in any actual deaths, but it was there were yeah. lots of injuries, and it was yeah. at a park, and it was a drive-by, and it was just, it just, it, it just, yeah. it's on and on and on, right. and it feels like that one being a little less of the uh, the terrifying white supremacist motivated, uh, you correct. Know, that one being more of a random act, but, right? Um, but still, we've uh, uh, you know, but we're we're on like mass shooting number two hundred and forty-nine out of two hundred and fifteen days of the year, yeah. and that's real cool for two thousand nineteen, and why 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 I'm so uh, so excited to joke about it. 
Yeah, you know? right. Because it's super funny. Yeah. Yeah. But all of that, all of that happening and aside, the the where it actually hits home for us is I got an email this morning. We got an email this morning from the district. And the district was talking about this training that they're doing for the teachers for school shootings. It's called ALICE training. And I don't know exactly what the... If it's an acronym, it is an acronym. It, I, I didn't actually. You um, gonna look I'm, it up? I, I had it. Um, I for for reasons that uh, escaped me, I decided to not have this open or be prepared. That's okay. Um, for anything. That's so, okay. I got it. Um, so uh, the Alice is alert, lockdown, inform, counter, evacuate. Okay. And when I was first reading through this, and it's a very long email, yeah. uh, explaining and, and, which all includes the, a link to a website with even more stuff. Yeah, it, it explains what the Alice training entails and then it has these how do we put this these testimonials from teachers who have participated or sit Mm -hmm. on the board of the training or or help with the training I'm not exactly sure and the stories that these teachers are telling it's it's actually it's actually scary as all get out and we sit there and we think okay this is scary for all parents like nobody Mm -hmm. wants to think about the fact that there's People coming into your schools, Parkland, Sandy Hook, all of these things where kids are getting shot and killed and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That's scary enough. But. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's very hard with Jackson because, well, it's hard to get him to follow simple instructions ever. And it's very hard to read uh, specifically, um, some of the methods that may be taught, depending on age and appropriateness, include the following. Cause distractions to interfere with the ability to shoot accurately. Cause as much chaos in the room as possible to create a sensory overload to the aggressor. Do not be a stationary target. Survive safely. Be empowered to act and react. How to interact with responding law enforcement. Now, you know, uh, the the one that, again, I don't know if you uh, heard the words sensory overload yes. in there. So, yeah, that's not a good tactic in general to be in the in the room that Jackson's going to be in. I mean, Jackson himself could probably survive wonderfully in a, in a sensory overload environment, but the fact is this kind of chaos, and first of all, it's basically be distracting enough that the majority can survive. Yeah, the majority can yeah, survive. Yeah, it's, 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 I, I mean, I get it. I get that, like, you, but we're teaching children. I mean, first of all, this is just training the teachers, this thing right. going on, but we are going to be teaching children like we live in a society where we feel we, we we have to teach children how to distract a gunman so that hopefully one or more of their classmates will survive as opposed to just getting mowed down quickly that is what it is saying and that is very it's a very hard pill to swallow or deal with you know it's it's I, I like again, like I said, you know, I started lighthearted, but this is something that very it's like I don't even like know how to cope with this. And by the way, this is and first of all, also if you look at the the, the frequently asked questions for this Alice training, it's they try to make it sound like we're not putting the responsibility to stop this on teachers, but it's you can opt out of it or whatever, or you don't have to do anything, but it's essentially training them how to stop a gunman. Yeah. Teachers. Teachers. Uh, you know, and I, I... Teachers who are paid crap. You know, and, and again, since a lot of the uptick in shooting violence over the last decade has almost entirely been crazy white nationalists or far-right agitators, I have a very hard time with not thinking there are better things to do than train a classroom how to stop these people, you know, like some, maybe some action to stop these people and where they congregate online and where they train each other and where they indoctrinate each other. And I guess it's hard to stop that when you've got someone who can call a press conference whenever he wants uh, who is instigating that. Right. And condoning uh, it. So and, yeah, it, Not even condoning it, promoting it. Promoting it. People say condoning, but yeah, that's, he's you're right. promoting you're, it. No, you're absolutely it's, it's right. It's what's known as stochastic terrorism, yeah. where you're not actually killing anyone yourself, but you're encouraging it in ways where people can see the message and know that they're not going to be punished. Yes. I mean, what what that man is doing from the pulpit is exactly what got Manson sent to jail. Yeah. You know? the, I think... About, I think it was two years ago. Uh, you probably can still find it. I said on pulpit, like, and I just realized that's more of a 
church thing. I was thinking of the bully pulpit. Yeah. Uh, uh, you can look online probably if you are so desperate to find it. By the um, way, uh, I hope you don't have any uh, Republican uh, listeners because I, think, I, you, I think I just it. lost them for I you. I mean, whatever. Uh, there's, I, I wrote a blog post about uh, this experience with Jackson when these mass shootings started and school shootings started that when they were talking about how these kids were hiding and keeping quiet to yeah. that this is not something that Jackson will ever do. I mean, yeah. You want Jackson to create a distraction and run around? Well, he's already going to do that. And also, he's going to be the first target. Yeah, he's going to be the first one shot. Yeah. and it, I mean, like, it's, we, it, we know we've that. literally had these conversations and cried in bed together and talked about the fact that if there is ever, if there is ever anybody who comes into the school and sees his classroom, Jackson is the first one shot. We know this. He won't get down. He won't know to get down. You can tell him to get down, and he'll hear you five seconds later. Within five seconds, you know, an automatic weapon is already mowed down half the class. You know, there's no, there's no saving people from that kind of monstrosity. And I'm not, you know, I don't even want to get into the gun control issue because there, there are parts of that that I'm a little worried about myself. Yeah. Like the idea that we seem to also be stigmatizing the mentally ill on this. Yes. Um, and, you know, and there's, I know Lindsey Graham is currently trying to put a bill out for, you know, keeping the mentally ill and certain people from having guns because basically the the gun gun control has actually become enough of an issue that even Republicans have to address it. But the way this is being addressed, it's this vague, amorphous, some people won't have guns. It's not going to be the white supremacists. No, of course guns. not. It's going to be, it's it's going to be, be people of color and, you know. And I mean, you know, and, and, and people who are deemed mentally ill, which might just be, you know, mildly depressed, but it's not the, the, the white nationalists who actually are committing the murders. I doubt they're going to lose right. gun one. Right. Sociopaths yeah. are not going to lose it. No, it's going to be people. It's going to, it's going to be, you know, basically another way to other, you know, like get to bust people of color on gun, on gun charges. Right. More than it's going to ever be used to actually prevent, you know, it's, it's not just a Band-Aid. It's a Band-Aid being put on the other arm than the injury. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. You know, it's, it's, it's like like it might solve one or two problems, you know, as most gun control will probably help, but it's not going to be directed correctly. And, like, this country has such – it's not just a love affair with guns in this country. It's a love affair with this idea that white supremacy is not – is just a mild disagreement and not a toxic – cancer on society i also just want to talk about the fact that i'm, I'm just thinking about our school. And i guess technically i should have said white nationalism which is a step up from white supremacy i, uh, I was but. thinking about our school and the way it's constructed and the way that this training is explained is you know they have these blue point police boxes which one of the teachers in this particular email one of the testimonials was saying that somebody had accidentally pulled or you know, had pulled one of the blue point boxes and that's why they had a lockdown and that's why she was part of it and that's why she thought it, this was such important training, fine, whatever. Uh, but what what I was thinking about was the way that our school is built. There, Yes, you have to be buzzed in to the first vestibule. Then mm -hmm. you have to be buzzed in. No, I'm sorry. You can walk into the vestibule. Then you have to be buzzed into the office. Then okay, you fine. have to be buzzed into the then rest Then you have to be buzzed school. into the rest of the school. But here's the thing. All that's preventing from getting from that office waiting area to the other side where the, say the nurses are and the let's say the people are is a is a pane of glass and i wouldn't even if i were going to invade the school quickly there is a door right there that you could smash the glass right or, or you know shoot the glass down and then and then use the push bar to get in yeah uh, it's from, really not like, it's and and who's gonna cut like who's gonna get to you in time to keep you from going and well, by the way that is right by our son's, our son's class. classroom right so i say this and i think to myself okay and not that i crawl into the minds of crazy nationalists who are have guns and what they would do but if i'm looking at safety here i don't see this fixing this problem i don't see this preventing all it, it, it's literally is it a stopgap like what is it I, well, I guess i'm just i'm i'm confused it's because you have to well to be honest the, the 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 way to stop this stuff is not at the level that they're working at what this is is this is well this is basically cpr 
is I think the intent. I mean, I'll, like it's it's it may or may not save a life, and you really are going to have to wait until someone who actually knows what they're doing shows up. Which I don't know that we have anyone who knows what they're doing. I don't yeah. think our police force is really trained for this kind of stuff. No. They're more trained for like you know shooting black people who are unarmed. You know, so um, I mean, we don't have like they're not like we've had this myth of like this crazy tactical. Pl- police force with like these body armor and everything like like you know like we live in this like crazy freaking robocop future that like it's just it's a bunch of fantasy play acting for people who are gun worshipers and that includes the cops not just the shooters yeah. we live in a country where we have this fetishization of dumb violence and i'll admit you know if you listen to our other podcast man i love me some dumb action movies from the 80s that involve crazy gunplay but in the real world like there's no good guy with a gun that's going to stop this there's no, you know, like, there's no teacher charging someone with a gun and disarming them that's going to happen. All this can do is basically possibly slow the shooter down long enough to, you know, to get the authorities there. And to be honest, your best case scenario, and I don't mean to sound depressing, is that they'll turn the gun on themselves yeah. when they see the cops. Yeah. That is it. Yeah. That is, that, you know, like, there, like, there is, like, this, I mean... I'm I'm sure statistically speaking this is better than doing nothing. But the real anger I feel is that we're we're putting this into the hands of people who did not train for this in any way when they were selecting a career. People who wanted to teach children. Right. Right. You know, I think and, about and we live I, in a society where teaching children has to come with the price of going through the motions of like pretending i don't know like uh, pretending that you're a krav maga expert exactly well i think about i think about miss carly and i think about her classroom and Mm -hmm. the kids that she teaches i mean jackson's in a self-contained classroom that also pushes into general education and this is common in in certain programs with for kids with special needs he does the bulk of his academics in this smaller classroom. I think there's maybe nine, ten kids at the most mm-hmm. with four uh, aides, paraprofessionals, as well as the teacher. And then they push into the main classroom, which has about 30 kids and also a couple paraprofessionals in there as well. But this is what it, it's going, you know, this is what it's like for him. And it's great because he gets the integration of being in a main classroom. He gets to do his specials, PEs, music, art, things like that with the with the kids in the general class, uh, more neurotypical kids. And then in his special in his special contained classroom, he's there learning at his pace the way that he needs to learn. And so, it, you know, it gives him sort of the best of both worlds, if you will, and it allows him to have the least amount of stress, but still get the most experience of being in a school setting. And in Jackson's case, he needs as much social interaction as possible. He needs to be sort of be forced to socially interact because he won't, it yeah. doesn't come innately to no, him. It it's just not part of who he is. Um, now Jackson is <laughs> bizarrely, it's seen as a leader in a lot of ways. Kids follow him around and they really yeah, want to be his friend. Weirdly charismatic. But but it's but he doesn't do anything to encourage that. And it probably as a matter of fact, probably discourages it more than encourages yeah. it. I mean, to be honest, if kids get too close to his space, that's when he's most likely to hit. Yeah. And he's not and he doesn't hit hard, but he will be like get it's his way of saying get out of my space because he doesn't have the language to say yeah. get out of my there space. Are very few he's mostly okay with us being in his space without asking well <laughs> but, a lot of you know. times we ask for consent too. yeah we do but like if we come over and give him a hug for the most part he won't freak out if like yeah. we forget and just give him a hug but like but yeah but like i've watched when the other kids get really close to him and you can see like him going through the calculus of is this a threat yes like like is this something that i i need to get the heck away from me because like they're like you know like i can see it in his eyes like the i might hit this person right now and the other thing is jackson is not really afraid of Anything? anything really he's afraid of a few things well he's afraid of air dryers yeah and and public bathrooms that echoing in public bathrooms but in general if he sees somebody walk up with a gun or he has with no, somebody, he has sense, no of stranger sense of stranger danger no sense of that scary he doesn't even know what a gun is that's my point like that's my point you know he'd like, probably be jumping up and down excitedly yeah like honest to god like the the odds are if someone was holding a gun near him and like he would probably reach for it to grab it to spin it could call yeah like like he would just, he would probably put his, and I literally know how he would. He would put one hand on the back of the handle, one hand on the barrel, and spin it. Yeah. Yeah. He would. I mean, that is exactly what he would do if you handed him a gun. He, he don't hand my son a gun. Don't hand my son a gun. Yeah. Please don't do that. Uh, so these, all of that 
piece together. I, I, I think about, and I guess this is very personal to me, I, I, should, I should point out. So when I was in, uh, in, in middle school, and I lived in this area, okay, I didn't go to this elementary school, but I went to the one right next door down the street, just a few feet away. Yeah, and within, with literally a stone's throw. Within a stone's you, throw, well, maybe yeah, not I mean, that, met up, yeah. yeah, but you know, very, very, very close. And uh, I went to the junior high school here. Um, when I was in junior high, there was a person, a woman, who started a fire outside of one of the elementary schools and like with gas and whatnot, she shot, she went into a, a, a classroom and she shot some kids. Uh, it, was, it was very scary. We didn't know why she was targeting, who she was targeting, what was going on. She was clearly mentally unstable, had gone through some major issues, fine, whatever. But she, she used to be a nanny for one of some of the kids and she tried to poison them. And it was just a whole to do. It was, it was really traumatic. It was really scary. I never knew all of the story until I recently looked it up uh, within this past year. And it was it was actually heart-stopping because I didn't know how deep it went. Back when I was 12, 13, and I remember, you know, we got, there was a, a, an announcement over the loudspeaker. I was in music class, and they said, you know, if you want to go home early, your parents will come pick you up. Um, we're going to have police following the buses home. We didn't know what actually had happened, and the rumors started to fly that all I knew was that somebody had started a, a fire outside of one of the schools I didn't know what kind of a fire I didn't know any of the details behind it I did not know that she had found her way inside of a classroom sat there as if she were a guest of the class for a while she said that she was like a teacher's assistant or something or was like there watching class I don't remember all the details and then she just pulled out a gun started firing she killed kids so it was I I, that's that's chilling and also it's kind of amazingly a sign of how long ago that was that someone could just walk into a school and say they were a guest. Oh yeah. I mean, you could do that as late as my as when I was in high school because uh, I uh, my freshman year of college I went to college in the same like I went to college in Charleston and my high school was in Mount Pleasant, which is a suburb of Charleston, like just literally over a bridge. And I had a friend who was a you know who was a junior when I was a senior, and we went to uh, some of us went to pick him up from school. Yeah. You know, to hang out, and I just walked right into my old school, like walked around, oh, said yeah. hi to people. Didn't like there was no like, and that happened all the time. People when, would come back to their school for whatever reason if they were in town and visit. I did that when I went to I went away for high school. I didn't go to high school here. I went to high school. I feel like Interlochen's a little different because no, Interlochen is its let own. Let me explain. Little, like, yeah. No, I'm actually saying the opposite. Well, I went I went away to high school in Michigan, so I was 14 when I left. But so I left all my friends here when I was in eighth grade. They all went off to the high school the high school I would have gone to. When I came back on break, our breaks were a little bit different. I actually went to high school with my friends and I sat in their classrooms and I went through all of that. And I bounced from person to person. I know we're being very serious on this episode, but can we stop for a minute so I can call you a huge nerd because you were on break and you went to school? Oh my God. Well, I wanted to see my friends and they were all in school that day. Oh my God. I mean, I'll admit, like, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's fun to see your friends, but... Yeah, they took me to class with them. Oh, ew. It was fine. Anyway, Anyway. going back to seriousness, uh, you giant nerd. (laughs) Um. No, it's true. Uh, But my point is that, like, there was nobody asked a question. First of all, I look like one of the students. Hello. You know, and second of all. Is that that a Jewish thing? Yes, John. I'm kidding. I'll get back to seriousness. Yeah, uh, but, you know, I could just as easily have been somebody. Well, yeah, you're the right age. I was the right age. But uh, the point is that what. Who's to stop anybody from being that person? You know, and now, now you have to, now, now you have to go through knows. a million hoops yes, to get is, in. You know, that, at least that part's good. But I just I don't know. I don't I don't know that this is. I don't like the idea that what I think about isn't if. I feel like it's when. Mm-hmm. I think um, an under underrated not underrated understated part of uh, parenting very young children in uh, this day and age and being aware of the world is a constant low-level paranoia and in my case occasionally guilt that I even brought them into this world I mean like aside from the obvious 
stuff we're talking about now, there's just the fact that you know we could be less than a decade away from our biosphere becoming untenable for yeah. massive food production. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of things that like could happen that are more or less apocalyptic, and our children will probably be easing into maybe if we're lucky adulthood uh, when some of them hit. You know, and it's like, you know, what kind of world did we just bring someone in? And was that selfish? And, you know, like, and now I'm so terrified for them all the time. It's almost to an innervating level to the point where often I have to push it back into like a denial town. Yeah. You know, like where I'm like, I don't talk about it at all. Because if I do, it ends up being stark and humorless and depressing and paranoid sounding like right now. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and it's like, it, it is like, it's, and, 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 and it's multiplied when, you know, there's someone like Jackson who, like, we can't have a conversation with we, him and, about and, it. And, and, and to be honest, if, we're, if I'm being honest with myself, I don't think he's ever going to be able to fully take care of himself without assistance. Right. I, my personal expected best case scenario is if, if he has an aid or something in his life, that he'll be able to do a lot of things right. by himself given like enough you know therapies and finding techniques that will help him communicate above and beyond verbally because i don't think his verbal communication skills will ever get too close to what would be considered like a neurotypical level right um maybe his writing skills though that's what i'm saying yeah like like, different kinds of like i'm saying communicate you're saying verbal as in like well i'm saying well i'm saying physically verbal like he won't ever like if there's facilitated ways for him to communicate whether by like a device or by you know writing or whatever you know then you know then we'll we'll, we can cross that bridge when we get there but I'm not living in a world where I'm particularly confident that he will be self-sufficient in and I mean I'm barely self-sufficient myself I super hope so and I I live in a world of really trying to oh yeah find as many ways to make that possible for him because the the last thing I ever want to do and I know you feel the same way I'm not trying I'm not I'm not discounting what you're saying I'm just saying that I think you and I even though you're saying this I think you and I both work our butts off to try to find whatever we can to give him that opportunity oh, yeah, no. to be as independent as oh, possible. I, I know. I'm, I'm because, the goal. Yeah. yeah, the goal would be that. But but yes, the and reality I believe, I believe is... He, I, I believe he has a lot. I mean, he's only six. I believe he has a lot of you know growth that he oh, is very yeah. much capable of. For sure. I'm more thinking about, unless there's like a massive restructuring of the way society works, Yes. he's not going to be in a position where he is going to be able to be self-sufficient without severe accommodation. And you know, like I, I mean, I hope for the best. Sure. I hope for, I hope for him reaching a point where whatever communication method he can master, he can really get what he like, get get his needs and desires across, and have whatever version of a fulfilling relationship with other people is for sure. him, you know, and everything like that. But I have to unfortunately look at this world and say it is the deck is stacked very hard against him. Even like even when we talk about people who are autistic. You know, the, like you've talked about it before, he's not in that category of very highly verbal, you know, but socially awkward. That is kind of our the default. more like yeah. Asperger. Yeah, the Asperger. Feel. Yeah, yeah. The, that's our default. Like when you show an autistic person in entertainment media, that is usually what you're going to see. You know, ninety percent of the time, it's going to be you know the good doctor. Right. Weirdly enough, Jackson has the facility in his brain. He just doesn't have the capacity to express it. Yeah. Yeah. Jackson is very smart. And I do, I, I don't like, that's the thing that, and it's hard, it's hard as a mostly verbal person to yes. like, like visualize the fact that our son is apparently very good academically. He's not really falling behind in his no, academics. not at, at all. all. But I like, but the way he communicates and the way he, you know, like it's very hard to see how he's able to do that. Like I'm impressed, you know. Every day I'm amazed at like like the things that he can do. Yeah. But like, but going back, like just like the going back to what I was talking about, the just the the guilt slash fear of what like it's like the, assuming the world like all the shootings stopped today. Yeah. And assuming 
scientists came back and said, hey, there's a real easy fix for the environment. Everyone just has to eat Doritos. You know, <laughs> like, assuming this happened in this fantasy world, the world would still be so hard for him. Yes. But because those two things aren't going to happen, it's just Doubly an extra. Hard, like, yeah. And it's like, I, I feel sad. I, I feel sorry that people are listening to this, the bleakest I've ever been in public. But it is very, like, it's very hard. Um, I, I well, honestly, I had this last night. Um, I was in a training for uh, teaching, uh, testing, like helping uh, train for ACT testing. And everyone in the group went off on a tangent at one point, And I was the only person with children in this group. Oh, interesting. And everyone was like talking about like the idea that like, like that how selfish it is to bring children into this world or how like, or at least how crazy it is. And I was like, well, I'm going to go home and hug my kids uh, now, you know, but, but it was like, like the honest truth was I'm like, they're not wrong. Right. You know, like it's very, you know, like it's very hard to think about like that. And especially, you know, with bringing, you know, children in who are going to have to really fight hard to achieve what a neurotypical child would naturally be able to do. Of course. You know. And even they will have a hard time. So yeah, exactly. So then you have that even That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not even saying, like, like Jordan is going to have enough of a time in life. I mean, if Jordan's neurotypical. I'm assuming he is yeah. right now for the sake of the argument. Right. Uh, I mean, if he's not, then he's not. But, like, that's, you know, like, for the sake of what I'm discussing. Right. We're, we're contrasting them. Because right now, Jordan seems to be showing most of the signs of neurotypicality. Like, when we, like, because we sent him to early intervention, it was mostly things that were not considered, like, autistic and not considered. Right. You know, like, he might might have mild sensory issues, but they'd be very mild. You know, he's, but, like, all the benchmarks that, like Jackson was not meeting. Yeah. He seems to be meeting. So, you know, I'm, I'm going under that assumption just right. for the sake of it. But like contrasting the two, Jordan will probably have a much easier time in life with Jack, with Jackson, but it's still going to be hard. And it's only getting harder with the, with, like, with the way the world is set up. And unfortunately, I don't even have a solution. So this is kind of turning into just kind of a depressing downer of a discussion. I like, I don't really have like a so, lot of like, I mean, other than sustained action to improve both the environment and to improve our society. Right. And unfortunately, that sustained action, like, a lot of it has to do with, like, stuff that we as individuals can't control. It's nice to make our lives, like, for the environment, it's nice to make our lives a little better. Right. It's nice to, like, it's nice to not be as wasteful. It's not, you know, like, that's that's great and helpful, you know. And it's, and it's great to, like, know all the warning signs in the school for how to, but there are systematic problems that cannot just be solved by individuals. Right. You know, like they're, they, I mean, most of the pollution in the world is done by things like large corporations and the U S military. Right. We're you worried know, like about these, like people using straws, which again, I'm not saying is not zero zero three percent or based, something of the plastic waste in the ocean. Right. And it's, and I'm not saying we shouldn't be worried about it. I'm saying that we should all be doing our part, but, right. but it's not us that's really causing the problem. Right, and know, like, that's, that's a, the thing that's generally, just so yeah, frustrating. Yeah. Generally speaking, like the average single flight of a U.S. jet fighter is going to, is going to screw the environment more than a lifetime of most people's carbon usage. Right. Right. You know, it's like there's, it's, astonishing how much like and you look at like you know like just the creation of things like like the like bitcoin servers yeah are absolutely rapidly screwing over the environment and that's 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 mind-blowing this is the thing we don't even need well you know it takes energy to run a server farm right right like it's like it like it's like it's it's not good yeah like this massive amounts of energy being like that are being wasted in all sorts of ways. Hey, by the way, we're also running out of helium. Isn't that neat? No, <laughs> seriously, we're running out of helium. That's great. Which is not just useful for balloons. There are lots of industrial need, uses for helium. I'm and, sorry. I'm sorry. I, I have to just cut this off. It's not, they're not just used for for balloons. No, you can suck them in and you can make a no, no, weird. No, but <laughs> no, but it, it has real actual like there's equipment that needs helium and we no, have it. wasted it yeah. so much. Like our our like. Our helium reserves are actually low. That's, crazy. that's a weird little thing, but that's like, crazy. and at that, and like in the long in the long run, there's a million other you know problems that are far worse than that. But that's right. like just a random one that right. popped into my head. That yeah. is also like there's there's but these are all like things that are they're systemic, and the need for systemic change is there. I mean, it's this is this is my like, I guess world ecology counterpoint to I guess your discussions with Tanya about like the racism is systemic. Yes. You know, 
this the environment like it's all systemic almost all of our problems have to do with things where we need to overhaul the way we do things Everything. in this world yeah and many of them are becoming very urgent and unfortunately we have a significant dangerous minority of people in this country who are basically going unchecked with a very hateful worldview yes and that's where a well, lot Well, and they're of also the, being promoted by yeah. the leader of our world. Right. Well, not our world. Our world. world. Yeah. Our world, not yeah, the yeah. world. Right. They're being, our country. Right. They our are, they world. Are, yeah. It is, they are, it is, it is very clear. And the problem is, and then we live in a world and where our media doesn't, like our media gives equal time. Yes. In the, in the name of this fake non-existent objectivity you know, even though if you give equal time to Nazis and to people who aren't Nazis, you are basically subtly saying the viewpoint that, yes, this is a valid viewpoint that we need to talk about, as opposed to saying, no, this is this is an evil worldview. This is a worldview based on hatred. Yes. You know, and we, like, like the way to fight white nationalism is not to invite white nationalists onto your cable news show to talk about it. And argue with them and say and and give like a have you no sense of decency <laughs> like 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 score some woke points. The way to stop white nationalism is to deplatform them, mm-hmm. to force you know like you know like like I think recently Cloudflare, eight chan's like security company, I think just just dropped them. And eight chan, the last three murders, like 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 at least three murders in the last six months, not the last three murders, like three of these mass murders in the last six months were talked about before they happened by members of 8chan. Unbelievable. You know, they, like, and the thing is, this company Cloudflare, I think they just, I think maybe even this morning, I don't know, I, 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 I kind of glanced, but I don't have the full news, but I think they just agreed to drop them after a lot of pressure was put on them yesterday. Um, but I think they did. But, but, and, you know, and because, because at that point, you can actually, you know, like, they're providing all the security for them. Um, if, without that, you can have actual people, like, not scumbag ha- hackers actually doing DDoS attacks on their site and like knocking it, you know. But people are providing people provide the hosting for them. I mean, and and deplatforming works. It works mm-hmm. for th- this kind of stuff. And like, like people like you know like like Milo Yiannopoulos. Like he, the reason he's barely getting by and he's hundreds of thousands of dollars in debt is because people deplatformed him and made it hard for him to speak. Right. Same with Richard Spencer. Richard right. Spencer has said publicly that. Anti-fascist action was the reason that, like a lot of the alt right, had to go back underground. A lot of the neo-Nazi stuff because they they were afraid to go out in public. Like it works, but we have basically like we instead we presented in public as oh you know fascists and anti-fascists are like they're both the two extremes and they're both terrible. Right. You know, and it's like there have been zero deaths due to anti-fascist action in America. Uh, There have been literally hundreds, if not. Thousands due to fascism, due to white nationalism yeah. in the last like couple of decades. Yeah, and we and use like, white nationalism and fascism in the same. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, I just I, want to make sure that fascism is one of those terms where if people want to nitpick. You can find ways to to like say, well, it's not really fascism because of this, but like I'm using it in the broad popular right, sense. Right. I'm not going to try and like academically argue this and that with it, you know. But the fact the fact is we don't we don't fight things at the root enough. Like, we don't fight the root causes of, like, hateful ideologies is not a mental illness. White nationalists is not a There are plenty of very sane, very evil people. And I do believe in evil. Yeah. That is evil. Evil is not crazy. Evil has a rationale. Yeah. There are, you know, if you, like, like there, I mean, we have a sitting, you know, like, I can't remember if he's a senator or a congressman. I think he's a senator. Steve King in Iowa. Uh, my brain, I don't have information in front of me, so I'm, I'm going off the dome. Steve King in Iowa has actually publicly stated the white replacement theory, which is a it's a racist idea that like minorities breed faster than white people and will one day drive the white people out, so white people have to fight to hold what's theirs, which is the root cause of so, so many of these shooters will cite that theory. Yeah. So many of them That's will so cite that theory. That is... Like, that stuff is the stuff, like, we're ignoring the elephant in the room with these things. We're ignoring, you know, like, we're ignoring what is, what these people say. And yes, some of the shooters don't. Some shooters don't follow that. But the fact is there are enough there. There are enough people who are citing approvingly the Christchurch shooter. Right. There are enough people, like, there are enough people out there doing these things, like, 
will it get rid of everything to go after people who believe this stuff? No, it won't get rid of every problem. But we don't do enough. And we, we say, you know, it, it, we, we use that dumb argument that will, like, will, uh, will the raising the minimum wage to $15 get rid of racism? That was a Hillary Clinton uh, talking yeah, point yeah. in 2016. I'm like, no, it won't. You're right, it won't. But it will materially affect a lot of people, like, for the better. So, right. you know, like, like, I, like, we're afraid, like, we, the argument against doing things in our country seems to mostly be an argument of, well, it won't solve the problem, so let's not try it. So, and I want to throw this in there, It won't completely solve the problem, so let's not try it, is what I was trying to say. Well, so this is the other piece that I think is important that we we don't acknowledge, even though all of us are affected by it constantly, and sometimes don't even realize how much we are affected by it. The world is, we are run by marketing. The whole world is Mm -hmm. run by marketing. Mm -hmm. We are marketed to, we are marketed... uh, you know, four, we are there. You don't even realize how in the bed we're the bed, product for we're a the lot product of for some of these. Well, we just watched a, a great documentary called Merchants of Doubt, mm-hmm. and where the whole idea is that they used doubt as the product of how they got right. Yeah, it starts, yeah, it, it like it, it, it started like it, it goes through a few things. It starts with the tobacco industry, it uh, there's uh, firearms, uh, the sugar industry, like. You know, it ends, it ends on the environment in a very chilling thing. About chilling like, way, yeah. But it's like, you know, like these same small groups of of people with an agenda, like, you know, like these very small groups of people with an agenda and a lot of money right. will, well, like, right. and will those, hire a very, very small, small group of people with enough credentials. Yes. You know, there's and like good the marketing. Same, yeah, and the same, like the same, the same handful of scientists who argued against smoking yes. are the same ones who argue against the environmental yep. right. Like they're, they're the same people. And a lot of these people have it like, a, like the older ones, they're, they're getting old now. They're like, right. like, like the, the, the ones that started this are like in their eighties. They are staunch anti-communists from the fifties right. and they, and they look at the environmental movement, you know, and they like, you'll hear that, you'll hear this nonsense to this day, like the watermelon theory that like it's green on the outside, red on the inside, you know, it's ridiculous. And the whole idea behind it being that it's the same group of people, it's the same media, it's the same mm. marketing, it's yeah. the same it's the same theory, well, just yeah. turned around and like p- packaged with a different bow. And you look at media consolidation, and that was a big fe- like back in the '90s. People were warning about this, uh, the fact that like like I, I think in the '90s, like and now the internet kind of weirdly opened up and democratized it a little bit. A little bit, yeah. So it made it a little less bad, but the problem is it's not less bad enough. Is most like most of our media like that isn't like online places. Most of our like. You know, like traditional media, which is still used by basically everyone over the age of 50 or so, is pretty much, that's still primarily where they get their information, is owned by a very small handful of corporations. Yeah. You know, most of whom are run by billionaires, and which means that to get ahead in there, and it doesn't doesn't mean that the people working there aren't, I'm about to go into some Chomsky and Herman's uh, manufacturing consent theory, but uh, not manufacturing consent. Um, I can't remember what it's called. Actually, it is maybe it's manufacturing consent. I it's one of those books, but yeah, it's the, the theory that basically when you have these big institutions that are run a certain corporate way, it's not that people there are forced to say certain things. It's the people who naturally say the company line get promoted. Yes. So it's the people. Indoctrin- who, it's the, the indoctrination. Well, it's, yeah, it's not even indoctrination. It's that anyone who's out who's going to say things outside of what is the you know the main thing the main like story they're never going to get promoted they're never going to get like so you don't even have to be brainwashed you don't even have to be consciously deciding the kind of person that that uh you know that spouts a pro-corporate pro like you know like center right ideology is going to be promoted to the point where they're the ones who are responsible for the news and and the people and and anyone who's like really questions that is going to be marginalized and like Send out like if they're if they're there at all they're like the crazy loony opposing voice that gets stomped on by everyone else. Well, and there's there's two yeah. so I, there's two points I want to make. So uh, I have a friend uh, on social media e that's that's what they go by and uh, they posted today a bunch of different uh, headlines from different news sources about the mass shootings. And what I thought was so interesting as they pointed out is that if you look at the ones that are let's say 
so you've got Fox News over here and then you've got some of the mm. other ones that are a little bit less mm -hmm. right-leaning and a little more yeah. left-leaning. The, the headlines of the more left-leaning are talking about the, the, the victims and what happened and all of that, whereas the one right-leaning talks about how law enforcement did their job and da da da. And then yeah. as a subheader, they make these humans who were killed, these victims, these people who were just there living their innocence, innocent lives. And it's so interesting, if you're reading that and you're looking at it, and you look at it side by side, you can see the, the differences. But if you're not somebody who's been seeing it, the, the scales are still on your eyes and all you get in your house are more conservative-based mm -hmm. writing, you know, you're watching Fox News, you don't know what to be looking for to see the differences because you think all news is the same. It's not the same. It's clearly not or the same. Or you think that you're getting the right, honestly, if you're a lot of the people in those conservative things think this is the one that's giving me the whole story and all the other ones are just liberal stuff. Well, I'll be honest with you, years ago, I didn't have a clue that there was a difference in news i didn't have an idea well depending on how many years ago it was you were basically not going to be getting much of a difference like well, what, what, in how television many years ago news? Are you talking? yeah how, how mean, many years ago are you talking like pre-fox news well what when was when did fox news come late out? 90s okay so let's say we're talking like right before obama yeah i didn't know that there was a difference i had oh, no idea wow. You didn't, so, know, you didn't know about Fox News? Uh, I, I hadn't seen that Fox. I didn't know anything okay. about them. I, I, I'll admit I am significantly further to the fringe of politics than almost anyone I know. So I'm, I, I'm coming from a very different place. Wait, but this is I'm coming point. from a place where basically I, I can I look at all network news as propaganda in some way. I didn't do that. And so yeah. for a very long time, I looked at the news and thought, well, if I'm watching NBC or I'm watching, it's, which one do I like? Yeah. You know, it had nothing to do <laughs> which with... Which newscaster is less boring? Yeah. 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 I mean, I used to watch Fox and Friends in the morning because I thought they were funny. Yeah. You know, well, that's, you... that's that's the trick. That's how they get Well, you. that's my point. So, so yeah. here's what I'm saying is that we are pulled in without even realizing we're being pulled in. Yeah. And more people are being pulled in in that way than we know. I want to bring up one last point before I then kind of turn this around to something a little more positive. Yeah, I was, I was, I was about to say, please we will, tell me we've got Please tell we me we've got this up in a We will wrap this up in a positive I'm way. Be, but I'm going to be funny, funny random, John, not before, angry political John. Before we John. get there, though, I really do want to make this point, And it's unfortunately, it's something you have to talk about because you were the one that saw it. I never saw it. So John comes to me one day and he says, I just watched this thing, and I, you, you're going to have to explain what it is. Uh, where it was, curious where you're going with I know this. you don't. I don't know if you remember this. You're. Like, I just watched this thing where it was. I think it was a. It was done as a. It wasn't done as a parody. It was done as like a, a social experiment or some kind of a com, supposed to be a comedy experiment of people who sort of infiltrated a, a meeting and uh, for for marketing. Oh yeah, that, that the, I, I, it's been a while since I've seen that. I'm probably going to forget it. But yeah, it was like basically they were people who were going in. They were pretending to be. I, I mean, it was half comedic, but it was basically kind of activist in yeah. nature, uh, where they were meeting with, I can't even, unfortunately, I can't remember exactly the, the details. This was years ago, and I wasn't, I, I, like, I wasn't expecting to talk about it. So I'm I don't sorry, know. I know. I'm yeah, like, on the um, spot. But, but, um, but yeah, it was essentially, they were going to these, um, like, they were meeting with the, like, like they, I can't remember what, what they were pretending to be, but they were at a convention. They yeah. were talking with like major like players and like the high end like like business like multinational corporations, and I, I, it was basically about like how much human misery and how they could capitalize on human misery and death, and, right. they, and they were so frank and upfront about it. Like, like yeah, the, so the people presenting it were the ones that were the 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 ones that were. Uh, yeah, they the, had like the a hidden, they, were they the had like a hidden camera. Hidden camera, right? And like, so they and were, they were just, the ones pretending. And they were pretending. They were asking questions about like they would ask leading questions about like like what's a way that we can capitalize on some human misery, and then people would just and and the other people would just frankly and upfront talk about oh yeah we could do this or that or oh that's an interesting market I hadn't considered tapping or like it like they like the lack of humanity and the lack of like the the borderline like and I I like it's been pointed out before that the running the, the business model of a corporation if you took it and compared it to a human being, then it would be considered a sociopath. You know, because, yeah. you know, it's like, it, it's like, don't care about anything but your own growth. Um, actively hurt anyone who, who's in your way. Right. You know. Well, and I, I think the thing that, that really struck me when you were telling me about this and why, why it stuck with me. And unfortunately, this was like 10 years ago, so I quite Well, the thing that stuck with me for so many years is that is the thing that you said where one person, like, raised their hand and said, you're talking about actually like killing somebody or, or somebody yeah. dying 
or like yeah, you're female, talking about something. Yeah, yeah, we're we're the we're the facility of making them die, right? Yeah. And then they said they frankly said yes, and he says, okay, I just wanted to make sure that that's what we were discussing. Like it was like, and it wasn't even like a conscience thing. It was like I just want to be clear where we're going with this. Yeah, yeah, yeah you know, Okay, like, and then write the notes down. Yeah. It was so chilling and so revealing because, to yeah. me. Well, yeah, like again, like uh, you want to go on, a, you know, want to put a quarter in me and 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 watch me go for hours. We could talk about the way corporations are designed right. um, and how. Like, maybe we'll talk about billionaires the next time. You come no, in. you know, maybe we, can talk, maybe we can talk about like something fun the I'm next time. Kidding. I really don't like. Look, as much as I love getting angry, and I don't really, but as much as it's easy to get me into like ranty mode about politics, I quite literally would like to talk about something. So silly. I am going to tell you. Well, yeah, we probably should re-up our other podcast, uh, which maybe this is the time to tell you about our other podcast which you know maybe if we have enough people that are like hey where's your other podcast will actually be funny and fun and do yeah. things like that we have a, a another podcast called a match made in space which i just for the record while we're here i'm gonna call us out yes call I'm us gonna, out i'm gonna see here you keep talking oh know. and so uh you can find you can find us at a match made in space we're on facebook we're on twitter and we're well, actually i think on twitter we're at mmis podcast, podcast. But on, uh, if you just type in a match made in space. The last time we did an episode was January 29th. And before that, it was October 24th. Yeah, we really need to. Like, we are, we are, like, we are essentially defunct if we don't actually start doing yeah. things. I, I have so many movies left to show you. I know. There's so many more that we are, we are missing. Anyway, so we're an 80s pod, movies podcast. We're funnier on that podcast than I ever am on here. Uh, mostly because I have John to... To facilitate the and funny, I make fun of her, and, and he makes fun of me, and then I get upset, and, and then, then we have a fight. With the podcast, yeah, it's, it's and then, it's and then we fun. don't do it for six months. <laughs> That's not it's the reason. Great. That's it's not the reason. awesome. No, anyway, it's great. no, but I highly recommend it because it's it is fun and it is much more. It's lighthearted, and we talk about a lot of fun, crazy movies. But we also do get we do talk politically on that. In that, if you go back and look at eighties movies, there's a lot of problems with them. Oh, yeah, no. They we, don't they don't hold and a lot of oh, times yeah, we, our questions yeah. are do they hold up? And so we have those comments there. So if, if yeah. any kind of political activism is important to you, you will hear some of that, but you will also hear yeah, it done yeah, in a no, much yeah. couched in a much more comedic oh, way. Oh no, it's more it's more it's more just going, oh my God, I cannot believe how terrible these nerds are. The other podcast the nerds, that I'm really know. trying to uh re up but I'm having trouble because John is an unwilling participant, even though it was oh, no, technically we, oh, his oh, oh you mean you mean our completely defunct podcast that Called will never a come hard, back? A hard gray's night. You can find us on Twitter and on Facebook for Hard Grey's Night uh, or hardgreysnight.com. And uh, that's Grey's G-R-E-Y-S because it's basically a podcast where I force John to watch all the episodes of Grey's Anatomy and talk about them. So, and he is unwilling and reluctant and it's a delight. Yeah, I don't it's, it's recommend <laughs> I don't recommend watching if you uh, haven't seen all of the episodes and want spoilers or don't want spoilers because they're I don't they're recommend watching Grey's Anatomy if you haven't seen it by now. Oh, stop. Like so there that I mean honestly if at this point if you haven't seen Grey's Anatomy don't. No, no, no. You can watch it. It's good binge. It's good binge stuff. It's good, good for binging. Don't. It's good for binging. Anyhow, uh, those are those are some other fun ways you can hear us. John also uh, has a website because he is an animator and an illustrator and does really incredibly cool drawings of things, including a viral, a what has now gone viral picture of Hitler getting punched by Captain America. Yeah, you've probably seen it. You probably, <laughs> you, no, you, you really you probably, probably have. It. You really have seen it's, it. He doesn't always get the credit for it, but he has made well, it. Well, that's because my, my name is written very blurrily on it in yeah. like the mo most low-res versions that get spread around. You yeah. can't even see my name clearly. And but, also, half the time when it is credited to someone, it's credited to uh, comics artist Sal Basima, uh, or Because Basima, it was done in because his... I Because I basically uh, did it in the style of one of his panels. Right. I, like he, I used, he I used freehand his panel draw, drew this. Yeah, I mean, this is all done. Oh my God, freehand. That is a word I swear to God is only used by people who don't draw. Sorry, I don't draw. What do you want? I drew it. I drew it. I drew it. But um, yeah, it, yeah, I mean, yeah, you can go to my website. Uh, it says I... JohnWalter.com. JohnWalter.com. J-O-N-W-O-L-T-E-R. Um, it says I do commissions, and I do, but I am really far behind, so... Uh, if you're interested, feel free to reach out to me, but don't expect a quick turnaround. I mean, <laughs> if you want to pay more money, you'll probably be the first one in the line. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm so offer. kidding. I'll, offer. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll kick some of the some of the literal friends of mine who've been waiting forever for art that like no, I've been slack no, on. No, I'm joking on that. No, but here's the here's the deal. Uh, here's how I want to like wrap this sucker up so that we don't feel like we've just gone into like the saddest of yeah. sad. Uh, yeah, normally the idea is you depress people and then give them action points, but like. Uh, I don't know the right. What the are action the action points, points are here? protest and fight and you know stop white supremacy whenever you can. Uh, stop environmental waste. Whenever don't be you ableist. Can. 
you know, don't be ableist. You know, be a, be a, be a good human being. Be a being good human being with morality. And, hold, and, and do your people. best to, to organize with other good human beings against the bad human beings that unfortunately are kind of in charge. Yeah. Um, the other, so my point is that I would like to, I would like to point out that recently, and I, I know she's not everybody's cup of tea, but Brene Brown uh, posted, she's, she did some sort of a Netflix special. So she's coming back up recently for a lot of people i've been listening to a lot of Brene brown for years i really think she's great and i love her work she's a scientist her work is backed up like by lots of data and uh she does a lot of um talk about shame and vulnerability and i i really i just i i think what she talks about is actually right on she's pretty pretty awesome person but one of the things that she talks about that I think is I didn't realize how much it meant to me until after I was a parent because I started listening to her before I had kids and she talks about leaning into the vulnerability and joy and how joy we forebode joy the idea being I'm not going to quote her exactly but the idea is that like let's say that when I'm with Jordan and I'm singing him to sleep and I'm holding him uh I have this moment of overwhelming joy, this moment of like, oh, this is exactly what I want. His head is on my shoulder. It feels really good. I'm holding him close. We, I'm having this beautiful, joyful, fulfilled moment, right? And then all of a sudden, I get, I start feeling very vulnerable about that because joy is the most vulnerable emotion if you really think about it and you break it down. And all of a sudden, what floods into my brain are all of these terrible things that could happen to him, all of these awful things. Like I start thinking about, you know, a fire or whatever and just all these terrible terrible things and like my heart stops and then I, uh, I and I want to push it all away and what that is doing is foreboding joy it's pushing joy away because joy is the most vulnerable emotion and what we need to do in those moments what she says and I've been trying so hard to practice this is lean into it lean into that vulnerability and lean into that joy so when I'm singing to him or when I he's on my shoulder or when I'm holding him or when I'm looking at him or smiling or when he's like chewing and his food and he's laughing and my first thought is oh god he's gonna choke I try to stop doing that and I start thinking he's so cute and he's so funny and I'm loving this moment and I want to take a snapshot of it in my brain and remember this moment because this is the good this is the good that we have to remember this is the reason that we're here because if my whole world is surrounded by thinking about the terrible things that are going to happen to him, I'm never going to really embrace the joy. And my life is always just going to be miserable and it is always going to be sad. And I am just going to think about the terrible things that could happen to my kid. I have to believe and focus on and lean into the joy and lean into the vulnerability of that joy. Yeah. And I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm more just going to amplify that yeah. and, and also be very clear that we are coming from a place of just like this, this is recorded after like, while we're kind of raw nerves. Right. Uh, honestly, like to give the Ave Maria after the night at Bald Mountain, <laughs> uh, you know, for Fantasia fans, um, the honest truth is when I'm with my children, I am usually feeling joy happiness and delight you know i'm like I, I i live in the moment for them when i am there with them and like it is a wonderful thing and i don't actually regret having children like this is just the sadness of the world that, that they unfortunately have to grow up in but the fact is you know like there's always joy and delight in them you know you can always see the wonder in them so remember that if you're ever feeling the way we've been feeling uh, today, and if and if listening to us makes you feel the way, right? We're sorry feeling, about that. <laughs> uh, remember that, like, there are there is a lot of joy, there's a lot of light in the world, and promote that while fighting the, against the darkness. Right. Light, light that candle. Don't just curse the darkness, uh, which we've been mostly doing. You know, try to remember. You know, like, try to remember to do good. Try to find actionable steps that you personally can do that are small, yeah. but that you can do. Right. You know, like to make to like at least bring some like joy back into this world. Because yes, it's very hard to think of the world joyfully sometimes. And this obviously this episode is proof of that. Right. But you know, remember remember the lightness that is there. Remember the light that is in the world. You know, and you know. Just, you know, lighten up, Francis. <laughs> Simmer down, pot roast. All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening, friends. As always, you can find me on Instagram and on Facebook at Allie Real to Real, A-L-I-R-E-A-L-T-O-R-E-E-L. 
uh, please share this podcast with anyone you think might enjoy it or need it or want to listen to it. And uh, if you could throw me a little rate and review on Apple Podcasts, that would be amazeballs because uh, that's one of the ways that we get noticed and therefore then the podcast gets seen by more people or heard by more people, which is always great. Hooray for algorithms. Hooray for, right? I mean, just another thing, right? <laughs> no, seriously though, it's it's super helpful. Uh, I, I appreciate all of you listening and sticking with it and you're all pretty awesome. So even in the days of these really hard and stressful times, this is really when what I say at the end of this podcast every day, every time really is meaningful. So let's just take it one day at a time, one minute at a time, sometimes one second at a time, and just hang in there, friends.